Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hey guys, so if you're interested in even more of me, you might want to head over and get my free workbook. And if you've already got that, make sure you subscribe because my emails every week are straight up truth and soul. Don't miss out. All right, guys, I'm back. It has been like a month since I've recorded a podcast episode and I'm a mom now. It's crazy. I've missed recording this. I've also really given myself permission to take the break that I knew I knew I needed to take to get into this new role and I have so many things I want to talk about and I know not everyone's interested in my mom journey but as someone who has really worked hard to make their career work for their life it's been so interesting to you know take this leap and you're hearing little miss birdie I'm I just felt inspired today, so I'm like, okay, she's laying on me. I'm going to try my hand at podcasting with her here for her episode because I'm probably not going to do a ton of episodes on me being a mom because I've decided you know, not to share her picture, but maybe her feet or the back of her head or something like that on my page. But I am a month in to being a mom, and it has been so many different emotions and so many things have come up for me. And yeah, I think it's kind of a a space I'm ready to talk about because I feel like I've had my highs and I've had my lows and I'm sure there will be more, but I just want to speak to all of it because I have such an appreciation now for, for like stylists that I've currently known that had been moms and for my friends and colleagues and industry friends that are Um, becoming moms alongside me during the middle of a pandemic, because I think becoming a mom is kind of a mindfuck to begin with. And then you throw in just all the uncertainty in the world. And you're already told to keep your baby safe and to keep them away when they don't have high immune systems yet. And then you throw a pandemic in there and it's like, what are you supposed to do? And then you need to take breaks and I want to take breaks, but then it's a pandemic. How do I take a break? So I want to just talk about, you know, just kind of share my journey with you guys and my big takeaways and um, some of the things I've struggled with and things that I feel like I'm really letting myself enjoy more and some of the things that are coming up for me. So fast uh, rewind to uh, November 13th, which is a Friday, the 13th. And I went to sleep and I woke up at like 1230 in the morning the next day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I just have cramps. I don't know. So I called the doctor at three in the morning and she's like, oh, could be, could not be, you know. So 6 a.m. I called the doctor. I'm like, I need to come in. 7 a.m. I'm at the hospital. They have you check in. It's very not glamorous. They're like, insurance card, ma'am. I'm like, really? I'm fucking in labor. Okay. They're like, your husband needs to sit down. I'm like, okay, he can't help me with some of this because like this is like going into an urgent care. And they're like, insurance, do you have do you have PPO? I'm like, really? This is how it works? Okay. 
So I go in and the nurse is like, okay, like you're four centimeters dilated. I think we'll be able to keep you. I'm like, you can't send me home like this. And so then fast forward, I have my baby that day by 424 in the afternoon. And we didn't know if it was going to be a boy or girl. And it was so surreal. I say it was almost like, um, you know, the, 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 the books in the movie Twilight, how uh, Edward and Bella have a little girl and they name her like Esme or something. And she's like part human. I literally, this little girl came out and looked at me with these like magical eyes. And I was like, she like part human because like, holy shit, she's like magic. So I'm like, I've said like, oh my God, I feel like we had like a part, part angel, part human child. Cause it just didn't even seem real. And I didn't know it was going to be a little girl. So it was pretty amazing. And like, it was almost like they like laid her on my chest and it was like, she'd known me forever. Like she looked the way she looked at me was like, hi mom. And I was like, holy hell, I've never experienced anything like this. And then fast forward, I had Brenna fever. And so then they worry about the baby. So they had to take her away for like five or six hours. So I got to hold her and then she was gone. So that was kind of like, oh, this isn't quite what I pictured, but I did none of it mattered because it was like literally all felt like magic. So fast forward, you're holding your baby. It's like, this is magic, but I haven't even got into the aftermath, which is graphic. And I will spare you a lot of the details. But what I will tell you is this nice young gal who I knew was not my doctor because the doctor had been there the whole time, an intern, um, lovely, proceeded to do the stitches on my undercarriage for an hour. So at one point, I said to her, now I'm not an expert, but it sure seems like this is taking a long time. You know, I pushed for 55 minutes, working on stitches for an hour, I don't know. It just, it seems, it seems like an extensive amount of time, but I didn't want to stress her out because I mean, who, who wants to do that given where she's working? So I said, now I don't want you to rush my vagina reconstruction surgery. No one would want that, but is it just me or is it taking a while? And again, I don't want this to screw you up because I like the attention to detail that I can tell that you're, you're, you're taken here. And then I said to my nurse, after she left, of course, I said, is this her first time doing this? And she said, she is a first-year intern, but it's not her first time. And I believed the first part. The second part, I'm like, you're not going to tell someone it's the first time they've done this. I mean, come on, right? So anyway, I survived. It's fine. But the other funny thing was, is they told me that Birdie had a lot of hair. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm a hairstylist. And that same intern lovely was like, I need a colorist. I'm like spread Eagle. And I'm like, this is what being a hairstylist, this is, this is it in a nutshell. I mean, you can be spread Eagle baby halfway out and there some, and someone will say to you, Oh my God, like I would love to have you do my hair. I'm like, can we maybe circle back to this possibly after I've, you know, delivered my child and I was actually thinking of my friend, Melissa, I was like, I mean, I have a recommendation for you in the city. I'm not in the city, but like, I just jumped right into my usual, like, I don't work near you. It's not going to work. But I'm like, hello, crazy town. Like, I don't want to talk about coloring your hair right now, 
I'm going to take a drink here because i got to multitask, get hydrated while podcasting and holding my baby. It's a new world. Okay, so I get home. Adrenaline's still high, you know? It's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. What, what a world. If you don't believe in magic after having a kid, woo, flying high. Mom's here making me all the food, cheesy food, just real, real just Midwestern food. And I'm like... Yeah, this is all that I'll ever need. Well, then the emotions start to plummet. You know, the you know postpartum emotions—they're high, they're low. Yeah, they've been all over the place. But I think um, the worst of it was when I knew I needed to go back to the doctor because I was having some issues with some of my stitches. The intern—I don't mean to point the finger, but I'm gonna point the finger, and. I can't just go because my husband's working, the baby's home, and I don't have anyone to watch her, and I can't bring her because of COVID. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't want my old life back, but there are, there are pieces of my old life. And, like, being 33, having a baby, having had two businesses, having my independence, and then just literally not even being able to, like, go bebop around and get a pedicure in a safe way or do any like and I think you can get a pedicure in a safe way but then you're like am I being irresponsible because I have this precious baby at home I think that being a new mom makes you kind of it's a mind fuck to begin with because you're like am I doing a good job am I good at this like oh like how come I can't pump like the Instagram moms those gals have wearing their pumps they've got like they've got like tons of milk in their pump. I'm sitting here for 25 minutes and I've got an ounce in each of my bottles. I, I'm just not, I'm just not tracking. And so I feel like, you know, it's already like that. And then you throw everything that's happening in the world in there. And I think also a lot of the feelings you had or inadequacies you felt or lies you told yourself about what's true and what's right in the world they come back up like whenever you're doing something that you're vulnerable and I think your insecurities resurface. And so one major insecurity that I have always had is like, you can't be good at more than one thing. And so like, I'm like, how can I be a mom and do the things I want to do and keep my baby safe in a pandemic? And, um, I kind of say that whenever something happens to me, like some life event, I feel like I then have to go back to everyone I met previous to having had it happen. And I almost need to apologize. <laughs> and so like I was saying to my sister and her husband, because I've always given them a hard time. I'm like, let your, let my dog lick your kid's face, like calm down. Or like, oh my God, they're so like rigid about their routine about nighttime. Or do you, does your kid eat a bath every night? I mean, calm down. And I feel like having a child kind of like any other big life event, whether it's like getting married or divorced or whatever, when it's happened to you, you almost need to just go back and be like, I just want to apologize for what I said when I didn't know better. Because what I know now explains so much. Like, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I said when I was um, childless. And that doesn't mean everyone should have a kid. It doesn't mean that everyone needs to apologize to parents. It's just I, for one, feel like I tend to be a little critical of people. So, like, I'm, I've am i in the past been hard, like, on my sister. Like, oh, my God, like, a nanny? I'm doing daycare. And now I'm like, this little person can't go to daycare. It's not safe at daycare during a pandemic. And I, I just feel like you have a pers- different perspective. But I was having this thought the other day when I was talking to 
one of my really good friends and um, we were talking, she was talking about how, you know, you know, kind of get made to feel guilty if you don't want kids um, and like what's wrong with you or like shame for it. But I'm here to tell you when you have kids, you feel shame too because you're like, how can I like take time for myself when like I've been and you know, cause you, you, everyone's like, Oh man, it's the best thing in the world. So the people that don't have it feel bad. Like they just like are missing a part of their soul. And the people that have it myself feel bad because we're like, Oh my God, like Pam over there is saying, don't take a break. Pam's like, Oh my God, it goes so fast. Enjoy it. Well, I need a fucking break. I went from gallivanting by myself on the open road at my studio alone podcasting, talking to like friends on the internet all the time to none of it. And I guess it's like finding, you know, almost like feeling like bad about all of it and not realizing that's what's coming up and not realizing that's what's happening. And then coming kind of out the other side after talking to my doctor about it, talk, which almost didn't want to let me leave. I'm like, I'm not going to hurt myself. Okay. Um, and then talking to some friends about it, talking to my therapist, realizing like, like I can take breaks, I can get help. But when you're seeing other moms that are just like killing it and working and don't have help and not taking breaks, it kind of perpetuates this horrible cycle of the people that don't have kids feeling like losers and the people that do that need help or want help or you know, have a different bandwidth for doing it, it can make you feel like inadequate and like you're not good enough or you're not doing a good job. And, and yeah, like you're not doing it right. And what I feel like from talking about it, from just kind of processing it these last four weeks, it's like, I'm doing it the best way for me. And I feel like it's taken me a long time I have to remind myself it's taken me how long to get there in my professional life. Um, Basically, 12 out of the 15 years of my career, I didn't have this uh, awareness or understanding or ability to show up for myself. But then I expect right out the gate of being a mom to have it figured out. And yes, I take a lot of wisdom from my career. And yes, I take a lot of um, all, a lot of all of the learnings that I have, but I'm also stepping into a space I've never been. And so I guess having compassion for myself and finding people that are in the arena that are doing it in a way that I'm, I'm drawn to and, you know, having a client friend and her saying, you know, she doesn't work outside the home and has two kids and still gets some help reaching out to her and saying like, Hey, can I have your babysitter's information or does she know anyone? I guess I feel like I look around and whenever I look around, I kind of can lose myself or lose sight of what I need. And I think that I tell my, I tell my salon stylist clients, my independent stylist, like, you know, in your heart what you need. And this is no different. And in my heart, I knew I needed help, but I had to get past, uh, the stigma that I feel is out there around like what people that are doing a good job as a parent or as a mom are doing. And so I guess I just want to talk about that because 
you're not not doing a good job because you get help. And for me, a huge, huge hurdle for me to jump is like, I'm off work right now. Why should I need help? And the reality is like, I do. I, I want to be able to enjoy it. And I looked at my planner, which is my Daniel Laporte uh, journal planner. And so it's always going after what you want to feel, right? So for me, it's stillness. For me, it's presence. It's freedom. It's peace. And so how do I orient my life towards those things? And when I do that, it's simple, right? Like when we're like, should we get help? Should we quit that job? Should we go independent? Should we have a family? I think we have to think about how we want to feel in those places. And I think that when I, whenever I do that, the path starts to unfold in a way that honors me. And in order for me to have presence, for me to have freedom, for me to have peace, and to be able to stand still and enjoy it, I need to be able to get like myself out of it for like chunks of the day, not every day, but to kind of reconnect with myself to show up and enjoy it. And so when I think about the freedom I want to feel, the presence I want to have in my own life, then the direction becomes really simple. The direction is, oh my gosh, like get someone to come in a couple days a week just to help you take the edge off, to help you like kind of redirect your energy towards yourself to charge yourself up, to turn around and show up as a mom and to show up and to think and to be able to process. And I just feel really at peace now that I, granted, that's one of the feelings I want to feel since I kind of just like allowed myself to say out loud that I need help because that's another thing in my life that I've always felt like I should be able to do all this on my own. And, um, there's no strength in that, right? Like if you're miserable doing something alone when you could be joyfully doing it in another way. And um, all of this to say, my angel child is on my chest right now. And none of this is at all a reflection of her. It's kind of the, the baggage and the person that I am that I brought to being a parent, which I don't know, I think we have these idealistic ideas of, you know, we can say that about our careers, right? But like, definitely when you've had a career that you've talked about having a personal life, it, it definitely, when you get that personal life and when you start kind of walking into it, you're like, oh my God, baby clothes and things like that. And I don't think I went overboard with any of it, but it's just the pure exhaustion of sleep deprivation that can make doing it so daunting. But my child is an angel. I didn't get a colicky baby. I didn't get someone who, uh, demands my attention. She is literally an angel. Um, so if she listens to this someday, none of this is at all in regards to who she is. And she's going to be the biggest teacher I've ever had because I thought that I'd worked on a lot of these things. And I thought that I had kind of so confidently stepped into who I am and being able to ask for help. And then this child comes along and kind of shows me and shines a light on areas that I still need healing in and areas that I still struggle in. And yeah, I think um, from talking to another really, a mom that I totally respect, 
um, and kind of knew that like I was having good days and bad days. And she said, um, what was I going to say? She said like those first few months are gnarly because you're just, you know, and you, you do have to kind of grieve your old life, um, in the life that you had before, if you had, if you were enjoying it. And I was, but at the same time, I want to add on to that and say, I don't want it back. This is better. But it still has to be grieved, right? Like, it's still like, oh, my God, like, I'm never going to just, like, be by myself. I can't even take my dog to get his anal glands drained without communicating with my husband. And that's crazy town to me, right? Like, I used to do me. And now I have more uh, checkpoints and checks and balances. And to be like, hey, would it work? And the communication involved, it's... uh, it's sometimes more than I prefer, but it's stretching me and it's growing me and none of it's bad, but like it is painful for me to have to communicate things that I used to just do. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to like, there has to be a conversation around this. But um, I think if we're going for interdependence, I'm an extremely independent person. And I think that that also plays a role in how challenging it is to really just be like home and to be taken care of and then to take care of my baby. It's like also like the gender roles and all of that. Like it's going great, but it's also like sometimes I feel like a 1980s homemaker and that's okay. That's okay. And that's the season I'm in and... And I don't mean like I have to provide meals and, you know, I'm, I'm being dramatic. But I guess uh, when I think about like some of my major takeaways are just to not sweat um, the small stuff at work and to enjoy the connection you get to have with people because uh, that's something I've really missed. I um hoping with having the help, you know, five hours twice a week to be able to during my maternity leave to be able to, you know, schedule one podcast a week because I freaking miss talking to people. And I have been so fortunate for so many years to be just like around interesting people and um, just to really see the, you know, to have this space from this career to be able to um, think about what my clients have brought to my life and what we bring to our client's life, it is such a special connection and having the space from it that I think a lot of us have had this year because of COVID, I feel there's so much more value in what we do than I ever knew. And so that is a huge takeaway. I mean, when I think about and talk to other hairstylists that are having babies or have had babies, um, a friend in uh, London who had a baby, we were talking about, she's a hairstylist, about how our best recommendations and referrals and the people that we've turned to in this time for support often are our, our clients, right? So it's like, I need childcare. Like, hey, like what, who did you use for that? Like we have cultivated these these relationships that are so special. I'm kind of like choked up, but I think that's the, it's the high highs and the low lows and just kind of ro- ride with me in this episode because... You know, this is uh, the dance I'm doing these days. And, uh, you know, when I think about when I come back to doing 
hair and when I come back to, you know, post baby, you know, life with my clients, it's like, I might not see as many of them, but the value that's there is like, so I'm so aware of it, the reciprocation. And I said in one of my episodes, um, with a friend on his podcast that he's like, tell us about like a day in the life at the salon. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you like what it was, which back in the day was like 14 people a day, no blow dries. Like they went to assistance. And I said, and today it's four people. And it's almost like, hello, you have been selected. I've selected you. You've selected me. This is a beautiful partnership and let's have some fun. And I really feel like don't, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. It's more just like the sacred space of what we do. I'm just way more aware that of what of what, the energy transfer of what's happening, and um, yeah, and who I'm gonna do it with. And I think that that is something that I'm really excited about how I've taken from this experience. And I um, was like today with Capone, my doggy at my feet, holding my baby with my laptop. I think there might be a photo that hopefully my double chin's not too much. I'm going to post because I was like, this is it, right? Like I'm able to do some of my work, the stuff, the passion projects, the things that light me up, because that's going to have to be a part of my version of being a mom. And I think that, again, back to being like, you know, I think everyone tells you, like, you just wait till you you have a baby, you think you know what you what's important to you. And I think, again, that makes people that don't have kids feel like garbage and it makes people that are having kids feel like losers because you're like, you know, she's saying I don't know myself and like I've spent the last how many years getting to know myself? Well, let me be clear. I knew before I had a baby that I needed to have some outside work because it's what charges me up and lights me up and it allows me to be joyful in my marriage and in my home life and and, and really it's no different in being a mom. And so I think that part of the mind game of it all is people telling you like, kind of subconsciously telling you that if you're, if you love it, if you have a human heart, if you aren't a monster, all you're going to want to be is a mom. And like I fought my whole life to believe that it's possible to be more than one thing and it's coming up again. And I know, and I knew before getting into this that I was going to want to be more than one thing, but I love my child more than life. And I still can want all those other things so they can live together. And I think we're taught that like the moms that really love their kids, (laughs) they don't really do that. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, like I was making a Instagram post while sitting with my baby and my dog, and there's a point to this story. I don't know. I just, it felt good. And, um, yeah, I think I want to shine a light on how we as women are made to feel, regardless of uh, having children or not. I think where society has this way of speaking kind of just cruel thoughts into you know, just like women's psyches to make you feel like, you know, there's one way to do things and there's not one way. Like, I think it's a messy road if we, if we all take the paths that are meant for us. 
because they aren't perfectly laid. They're not like yellow brick roads. They're muddy and they're messy and they're imperfect. And I'm on mine and you're on yours. And I think that the people that connect with what I'm about are the people that are just like authentically choosing to keep showing up and honoring their stories. And so as I am in a beautiful chapter that I'm loving, I'm also going to be real about the fact that it's heavy and it comes with a lot of triggers because of, you know, like my past and how I showed up and how my identity was such my career. And then as I've kind of removed myself from the identity a little bit, um, I still am struggling with, you know, this new identity of, of being a mom. And it's like, when I, when I, when I'm just with Birdie and it's just us and it's, we're doing our thing. It's like, I know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. Fuck the rest of them. But I think that if you can get in your head about things and I want to stay in my heart and I want to stay like in my body and I want to not, I don't want to look around at everyone else's paths and I don't want to be on Instagram looking at the moms that are making it look like it's all Instagram worthy because it's not. And I got a meme coming here that I made that says, one thing they don't tell you when you have a baby is you're going to come home and you're going to be changing lots of diapers and they're not just going to be your babies. I'm going to let you think about that for a minute. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've gotten way more comfortable talking about this stuff, but even I'm uncomfortable right now. But I love doing this podcast. I love sharing with you guys. I love learning from all the guests. And I'm really excited to have uh, this podcast come back next year. This is a bonus episode. And um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you guys a update, a recap, um, share with you. I am alive, even though I've preset all of my all of my social media, which makes me feel like an Instagram Instagram guru. But shout out to Jody Brown because she's the real deal and uh, also a really cool mom. So I'm going to um, just shout out this week some of my favorite um, moms because they have been so awesome to connect with. And I don't know, I just think... Uh, there's this underworld, like in every world where you're like, oh my God, until you're there, you don't know. But um, yeah, I mean, there are people that make you feel bad. And uh, fuck, Don Bradley would say, no one can make you feel bad, Lindsay. And she's right. Again, caught myself struggling again. But um, that's why we got friends like Don who are like, can people really make you feel bad? Like, I don't know, Don. No, they can't. They can't. Birdie, are you listening to this? Good. Good. Skip. One thing I do want to say is I want my child to skip a lot of the not believing in myself that I had. And so maybe you should listen to this someday and be like, oh my God, you had me and you were still struggling with that stuff. Woof. Woof. But anyway, hope you guys have a great day and um, I miss you all.